I often get the question, what is the crucified life? What is the crucified life for? Why do I have to live a crucified life? So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you what the crucified life is, what it's for, and how it will bring you into God's overflow and even into God's prosperity. Because you and I need overflow. We need abundance or extra so that we can do what we need to do, so that we can bless other people just the way God wants us to do. So please stay tuned until right after the intro as we dig into this interesting topic today. Welcome to the Rise and Shine show where we help you to become the leader that you were born to be. The show is proudly brought to you by Sunshine Harvest. And now let's move on to today's episode. Hi, this is Yanni from the Rise and Shine show. And I'm so grateful that you're with me again today. It's a privilege to be with you. And today we're talking about the crucified life brings overflow. Now, first of all, we need to look at what is the crucified life. And what does Jesus want of you and me to live this crucified life? Now, Jesus said to his disciples when they were around him, Listen, if you want any part of me, you are going to have to die. You will have to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow me. If you don't do this, you will not have any part of me. He also said, listen, if you want any part of me, you are going to drink my blood and eat my flesh. Now this sounds rough. And when Jesus told this to the people around him, many of them left them, left him. Now why did they leave him? Because they said, wow, this is a hard saying. His disciples stayed there and he said to them, Are you also going to leave me? And that is when they decided Jesus is the one who has the words of life. And they stayed with him. Now, the most important message I have to speak to you is on this very subject, the crucified life. If you understand this, so many other things will fall in place and you will be able to step into God's overflow into God's abundance, into God's prosperity. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later uh, as, as we go along because um, the, the basis for everything is really the crucified life so that we can step into everything that God has for us. Now, in chapter 8 of the book of Romans, Paul goes through this whole thing. He talks about the sons of God and how God wants us to be pleasing to him and not yield to the flesh. And this is a topic that I've spent a lot of time on. And there is a tendency for people to want the power of God, but do not want to give God what he's asking of them. Now, this is because Jesus requires us to completely give and yield our members to the Holy Spirit. So now let's look at what the crucified life really means to us. The whole key to it is what Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Now look at this, he he did not say I'm crucified with you. And that is the big difference. He said, I am crucified with Christ. He did not say Christ is crucified with me. It's the other way around. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. 
And here is the key to that. And the life which I now live, watch this, in the flesh. In the flesh, right here on the earth, right now. Not someday in heaven or someday wherever. No, right here on the earth, right now. Now, I live by the faith of the Son of God, not by my own faith, nor by your faith, nor by Paul's faith, but with the faith of the Son of God, who loves me, and the Son of God gave himself for me, and he gave himself for you. Now, you and I should not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. You see, there are a lot of people who frustrate the grace of God. Now, grace has been given to you not to erase discipline, not to erase holiness, because the more grace you've got, the more holiness you are, actually. And that's why God gives you the grace, not to erase these things, not to have to apply um, discipline and holiness. No, no, no. That's not why he gave us grace. Now, I live the crucified life because a dead man cannot talk. That's why I live this crucified life. And dead people don't say nice things anyhow. So that is why Christ wants us to live the crucified life. Because he's coming out of our spirit through a renewed mind. And our renewed mind is our soul, our mind, the will and the emotion to a crucified body. That's how Christ wants to live through us. And when you understand that, you will have a lot less trouble in life because it makes everything so much easier. Not that the trouble won't come, but you will not just pay any attention to it because you will keep on focused and focusing on Christ, on Jesus, just like Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us to do. Now, have you ever been to a funeral? Did any of the dead people there or a dead person there pay, pay any attention to you? No, that person didn't. You went right past the casket because that person is no longer there. All you see there is just their body or like we sometimes call it the earth suit, if we can call it that. So, this is actually not hard to live a crucified life. And this is important to remember. It's not hard to live a crucified life. And there's a lot of people that think we got to beat ourselves up all the time. No, that's not true. Because Jesus took all the beating and we got all the blessing. And there's a lot of Christians that cannot seem to understand that. It doesn't mean trouble, trouble never comes. It doesn't mean that. Because there is still the martyr's crown. Because people die in martyrdom and God calls that even the greatest crown. Now, here you have to understand something. There are people who are being called to that, to the martyrdom, to be martyrs. But not everybody is called to that. For example, God called some to be teachers, but he called me to do something totally different. And that might be exactly the same for you as well. And it's like this wooden table. Let's take a wooden table, for example. So imagine that. Get that picture in your mind. It's made out 
up out of a lot of pieces of wood. But it would be nothing but scraps, just scrap pieces of wood until somebody with creative and carpenter skills put all the pieces together and form that table. That's when it becomes functional, where it becomes beautiful, and we can use it and even enjoy it. And so this is what is meant by a crucified life. And I do it daily instead of just on a Sunday. It's a daily walk. It's a daily thing. And this is the real key to the crucified life. Now, people often ask me, Yanni, we never get to uh, see you sad. Do you know why? Because I tried sad and I didn't like it. I don't like to be sad. You can even ask my wife. I'm a very happy person, but I had to make a decision to be like that. So I choose to be happy. I do not choose to be sad. And I even tried to be broke. And that was, that was really stupid because I had a lot of hardship when I tried broke and I didn't like it. So I even tried sickness and it hurt. It's not nice to be sick. And this is when I said to myself, I don't need to try any of these things anymore because it's not of God. And now I can live here on earth like as if I am in heaven. And his will will be done on earth as it is here in heaven. Because that's what Jesus came to give us. He says in, in the Lord's Prayer, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's really what God has for us. But you cannot do this unless you live a crucified life and you live by the faith of the Son of God. Not by your own faith, because your faith still has limitations to it. Although it is growing daily, it still has limitations. But God is perfection, and that is how I live my crucified life every single day. So, when I get a bad thought, I go, "Uh uh-uh, that's not my thought. My thoughts are lovely, they're just, they're of good report, they're pure, they're virtuous. And I think on these things, I just take those other thoughts and I take them captive. I say, no, I will not take those thoughts because it's not my thoughts. So since you are going to think, think on these things. Don't think on the trash that just comes your way because your head is not a trash can. So don't lend out your ears to a bunch of trash. And I once heard President Donald Trump telling his daughter Ivanka, he said, Ivanka, you are going to think anyway. So you might just as well think big. And you know, I don't know whether he got that from God, but it sure sounds like he did because that's like a God thought because God says, think big, dream big, dream even bigger than you can think or imagine. And the same applies to you. You are going to think anyway. So you might just as well think big. It's a challenge. I throw it out to you. Rather think big than just thinking. Because God is a big God. And it is not hard to live the crucified life. It is not hard. When I got born again, I decided to live for Christ 100%. Because many people want Jesus as their Savior. But they don't realize even that they need Jesus also as their Lord. 
And this impacted my life to such a degree that I started talking to people everywhere I went. Although I knew very little about the scriptures at that time, because I was a newly born Christian, I did not know much. I knew God was real. And I would talk to people about scriptures wherever I went. And let me just share with you here how I know God was real. I, it was about three months after I got born again. And I started asking God, I said, Lord, there's so many things that are happening in my life. It's great stuff. But is this real? Is this real? And I just wanted to know. But you know, the thing is, I didn't ask any person. I didn't mention this to anyone. And one day I was walking uh, in downtown and I got to my pickup truck and I unlocked the door and in the left corner of my eye, I just saw someone passing by and I just looked and I just smiled at, at this person. It was an older man. And I went on uh, opening the, the, the pickup truck to, to get going. And the next moment, there's this voice on my left hand side and I look up, it's this tall old man, big man, big hands. And he puts out his hand and he takes my hand in his hand and he says, brother, that smile was not just a smile. That smile was out of heaven. And I just want to tell you everything that you ask God, whether it's real, it's real. The stuff that is happening in your life is real. It's God. Do not uh, doubt that. And he told me a bunch of other stuff how um, my, my life will change and how it will just expand and expand and expand all across the, the, the globe, basically. And there God used a person to answer me these questions that I asked him. And that's how I knew God is real. It's not just pie in the sky. God is a real person and he loves you. He loves me. He wants us to walk with him every single day. So I just wanted to share that with you quickly because I thought you might enjoy that. And that's just to illustrate and to show you how real God really is. You can ask him anything and he will answer you. Now, as I was talking to many of these people, many of them just gave me their philosophies and would just say, to, I would just say to them, you know, this is not true. Uh, this is what, what the scripture says, the little bit that I knew. And although these interactions were very simple and basic, they could not get away from these simple truths because they were true. It was truth. God's word is truth. And there's one man in particular, he came back to me after quite a while and his life was totally changed. And he became so passionate about God that he started impacting people, many people uh, that, um, that came into his, his daily life. And when I first met him and I would share some of these things with him, he said to me, oh, Yanni, you know, when you look at the Old Testament, it's just fire and brimstone. And I said, no, if you look in there, everything points to Jesus. All the prophets actually pointed to Jesus. And he said, no, I cannot see it. It's just fire and brimstone. I don't even want to read this stuff. And God totally changed his life just by these little interactions. There were probably other people as well. But 
um, I had the privilege also sharing some of these truths with him. So the committed crucified life is to live this life 100% and just being sold out to Jesus. Not to worry about other stuff, just do what he tells you and I to do. And what does it mean to be committed? You have to take up your own cross, not the cross of Jesus. Now, what is this cross? What is referred to if we talk about this cross? This cross is your flesh. You have to crucify your flesh daily. Yet, you can crucify it today, but just tomorrow morning when you wake up, it'll seem as if it's just back again. And then you have to put it back down again and put it back down again. So this is an ongoing process. It's a continuous thing. But just know this. It's not hard. In the beginning, it may be hard, but it's, it's not hard. It is really not hard to live the crucified life. But the church makes these things so hard. And I'm telling you, it's not hard. It's not hard. It's simple to walk with God. It is just called love. And when I talk to Jesus, for example, the conversation is so simple. It's, for example, when I, when I wake up in the morning, hello, Jesus, or hello, Holy Spirit, and it's, hi, Yanni. And that's how the conversation goes. It's simple. And please, don't complicate it. God doesn't speak to me in this King James voice and all this stuff. No, man. God is real. He wants to be your friend. He is your friend and he wants to talk to you the deep things. Now sometimes he's going to be strict. Sometimes he's really going to reprimand you if you did some stupid things, but he's always loving. He loves you. He likes you. He wants to be with you. And please remember, don't complicate it because it's easy. And that is what, what is meant to live a crucified life. And God wants to keep these things simple. Jesus even said that we should receive the kingdom of God just like a little child. God wants you and me to love him and to walk in absolute excellence because he is a God of excellence. That's why he's guiding us and wants to guide us all the time. That's why he wants us to dream big, to um, think big, because he's a big God and never complicate things. Not for yourself or for others, because everything that Jesus taught is simple. It's not always so easy, but it's simple. Even a small child can understand the kingdom of God. That's how simple the gospel is. And that's how we should keep it. Never complicate it. Never complicate it for anyone else, because you just hold people back if you do that. Now, I have learned to enjoy the ride and enjoy every moment walking with Jesus. And I'm telling you, I cannot live without Jesus. I don't want to live without him. And you know why? Because Jesus is not religious. Religion, is, it's like a garden of weeds, and it's like a theological wilderness. And many people, people have been killed in the name of religion. And when you understand this, what religion really is, and it actually comes from the Latin word religare, which means to bind. Now this I learned many, many years ago um, when I went to a huge meeting in a a, uh, sports arena. 
But this is all I can remember from that particular meeting is religion binds people up. And I never forgot it. And even today, I will never forget it because I don't want to be there. I'm not religious. I hate religion because Jesus hated religion. And um, even when, you, when people came around Jesus, it was totally different. When Jesus went to a funeral, he just messed up the whole parade and he raised up the person from, uh, from the dead. He raised him back to life. Jesus didn't care what the establishment had to say. He actually took on the establishment. That's how unreligious he was. He didn't like religion. And Jesus was so full of life that even children loved him. And the children were attracted to him all the time. That's why he said, bring the little children to me. Don't uh, push them away or um, chase them away. And you know, at this point, you might have noticed this, but children are so pure and they can pick up stuff that adults cannot. My, my, one of my friends, he told me um, many years ago that one of his little boys, when he was still fairly young, I can't remember the age, but they went over Christmas time and they went to hand out uh, presents to people in an old age home. And when he got to the one old man, he says, no, I'm not giving this man a present. And he pulled him aside. He said, you cannot do that. You cannot be rude to this old man. He says, no, no. I'm, I, I'm not giving him anything. That child picked up, picked up something in that old man's uh, spirit, whatever it was, and the child didn't want to give him anything. And you couldn't convince that little child to do it. And it was precious that, that my friend allowed his, his little son uh, um, to do that, not just override that. And that's a lesson for us because children really, they're open. They know what's going on in the spirit. And for myself, I live for Christ on a daily basis, like I said, and not only on Sunday basis. And I just enjoy being saved. Now, as I said before, I cannot live without the Lord. I take him with me wherever I go, and I'm not ashamed of him. And you know what? I have so much fun. When people come with all kinds of stuff, I just think on the good stuff. I focus on him and I just enjoy him. And at this point, let me share with you where this became so real to me that my whole life changed from that day onwards. In 1995, I traveled to the United States for the first time and arrived in my hotel room after a very, very long flight. And this was the first time that I left the African continent. And I was scheduled to visit uh, in the United States to go around uh, to various places for the next six weeks. Now, I arrived in the hotel room and I just flopped down on the bed and suddenly I just got this loneliness. I almost felt deserted and I just wanted to go back home. And I didn't have any reason, but I just didn't want to be there. I just wanted to go home. And up to that point, I traveled around a lot in on the African continent, but never off the continent. So I don't know what what's, um, sparked this, but anyway, it did. And as I was lying on the bed, I said to the Lord, Lord, I just want to go home. And suddenly I heard this um, small voice. You are home, Yanni. But you know, I just ignored the voice. 
And I said, Lord, I just want to go home. And again, I heard the same voice saying, Yanni, you are home. And I ignored it again. And the third time I said, Lord, I just want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. Again, I heard the same voice saying, Yanni, you are home. And this time it really got my attention. And I said, Lord, what are you saying to me? And he said to me, wherever you are, I am. And wherever I go, I am with you. So you are home. And I, I tell you, it just changed my life. It revolutionized my life. And from that day, I enjoyed those entire six weeks. I really enjoyed it. My life changed. And I went on many, many, many uh, trips after that. I traveled a lot. Uh, after that incident and never have I ever felt lonely again. I can be anywhere and it doesn't matter because I know I'm with God and he is with me. And now you may ask why I'm sharing these simple truths with you. Because I want to enable you to live life and especially your life in Christ and the overflow he has for each one of, our, of his children. That's really why I'm sharing these things with you. Now, how can you and I live God's overflow? We have to live in it. How can we do this? Now, first of all, let's just look at what is overflow. Overflow is more than enough. Jesus himself said, said that he came to give us life and enjoy life and have it in abundance till it overflows. Now, think of that. God wants for you which is exceedingly above all that you can ask or think. That's what he says. And when we think on this for a moment, and the borders or the boundaries where you and I can believe, just think of that for a moment. How far and how high you can believe. Now God is saying, you have not reached far enough. He wants us to go beyond all that. That's where he wants us to be. And I'm telling you, there are very few people that have walked in this truth and enjoyed walking with God and in the overflow that he has for each one of us. Because most people start winding down when they reach retirement age, but that is not what God has installed for them. You and I are supposed to continually speed up and, have, um, and live higher than where we believe or imagine we can live in God's kingdom. He wants us to go on to perfection. He wants us to grow bigger. And as I say this, I want you to know that you can do whatever God wants you to do and even have whatever God wants you to have. And here's another thing. Whenever God tells you to do something, He already provided everything you will ever need to complete that assignment. And you will be able to go further than anyone have ever seen before. You have the ability to do that. And the first thing you need to know and to understand about God's overflow is that it does not drown you. That's what the church people wants you to believe. Overflow actually causes you to come up and to float up with it so it can bring you to a higher level. And that's what it's all about, a higher level. But beware, there will always be somebody trying to pull you under, to get you under the water, to pull you down. However, 
You are not made for under. You are made for over. Over and above and beyond. That's what you and I are made for. Now, many years ago, I heard a man of God saying that he never pays retail for anything because his father is God. And that made a big impact on me. And I always remembered it. And this, this specific thing has helped me throughout the years to always trust God to help me get the best at the best prices. And God always helps me to find the right people to make this happen for me. It's just amazing. So whatever you want, you can ask God and he is good enough to give it to you on his terms at the best prices. And I'm, I'm chuckling about this because this is so precious. And you will get to the point where you will be able to look at all these savings, you know, the money that you saved and realize how God has multiplied you more than you could have ever done on your own. Now, why does God want you to prosper? And this is interesting because many people will say, but I don't want more. I don't want this. You know, I just, I'm just content with, with what I have. And that's selfish because a prosperity and abundance and overflow um, is not for yourself to hoard it and just indulge in everything you want for yourself. No, God wants you to prosper and to have overflow so you can bless others around you so that you can make an impact on the world and go and make disciples as he instructed us to do. And it does not make any difference whether you're young, whether you're middle-aged, whether you're older. When you are walking with God, he wants you to learn how to rise up in this overflow. And man, this, this is so precious, these things that I'm sharing with you here. God does not want you to drown but he wants to lift you up so that you can ride upon the high places. You know, it's almost like a tsunami. If you don't know what a tsunami is, go to uh, YouTube or something and just check what, what the tsunami actually does. But it's this massive uh, wave, but it's not just a wave. So it's not only the waves that are rising up to massive uh, heights, but it's actually the whole ocean. All the water rises up to, to a higher level and it brings everything with it. It rises everything up to this higher level. And for myself, I have done a lot up to this time in my life, but it is nothing compared to where I'm heading now. And I'm prophesying if I say that. It's nothing to where I'm heading right now. And you... You who are listening to me now, you are even supposed to do better than me and all the people who are teaching you. Just because you don't have to go through the same learning curve we did. So whatever took me a length of time, you can take this message. You can make it your own. I'm not saying just take it and just apply it. Listen to what I'm saying. Take this message. Take what I'm sharing with you. Make it your own. And then you apply it. And you will get to whatever you need to get to much faster than I had to by having to go through the whole process. And that worked in my own life as well. Some of the, uh, my mentors, they had to go through many years getting to learn certain things. And I didn't have to take so long. It took me much shorter period of time to get where I needed to get to. And the same, 
I want and I have for you as well. Now, use what I give you and you will be able to get where God wants you to, to be much, much quicker. And the last thought here, never fight the overflow, but let it pick you up and bring you to the place God wants you to be spiritually, physically, and financially, because God wants to use you to establish his kingdom here on the earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for listening to me. I trust that this message meant something to you. Please share it with a family member, a friend, and please go to my website and help me to get this message out to as many people as possible. I'm looking forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into the Rise and Shine show today. Please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.